0: But when I say transcript, I don't just copy and paste and dump it and that's it. Formatting that transcript is so important. Have the titles, have the headlines and the headings. Break up the paragraph, add links, whether it's internal links or external links. Add different media and images and making sure that they have alt text and all these things. Make it like a proper blog post when you have transcript. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. The Audience Growth Podcast exists to help you learn how to use organic marketing. That's marketing that costs nothing or very little to grow your business. Because far too frequently, small business owners spend lots of money on advertising without getting the results they were expecting and hoping for. Maybe that's happened to you, but it doesn't need to be that way. So every week, we dive into strategies to help you grow a business that's here for the long term sometimes on solo episodes and sometimes on longer guest episodes like this one. On today's episode, I'm chatting to deaf advocate Ahmed Khalifa, a fellow Edinburgher like me. Ahmed is a digital marketing strategist and creator of Hear Me Out CC. The CC stands for closed captions. And this is a place where hearing people can learn how to connect and engage with deaf people better. Ahmed is on a quest to make the world more deaf-aware and to better help bridge the gap between the hearing and deaf worlds. We also cover all sorts of marketing strategy conversations and social media in today's episode. So let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Ahmed.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for the invite.
1: You are so welcome. And I know that our listeners would love to hear, as we die, a little bit about your own hearing journey, because it hasn't been straightforward, has it?
0: No, it hasn't. So it's quite hard to tell via audio, but I am deaf. I were hearing it. I'm weren't hearing it as we speak under my headphones, being like this as far as I'm aware, since birth. So I don't really know any better apart from this way. And it comes with challenges when you have something like this, whether it is during social environments or educational or professional, it will come with a variety of challenges and barriers, which is avoidable in most situations. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of those in a bit. But it came with a lot of challenges for me if I want to have simply access. Whether it's access to what a person is saying, access to video-based content and sometimes audio-based content. I require some kind of adjustment for each of these in a certain way. Naturally what I require will be different for another person. You know, someone might be more profound deaf than I am. But I've got my own request for every type of content format. And it hasn't been easy, hence why I am on this quest, to raise that awareness, but also to make people aware that there are a lot of benefits that come with being deaf-aware and applying it to your business and your content. It's tough, and I hope everyone who is listening will help to play a part to Bridge that Gap. There's only so much I can do. So hopefully I can share some ideas and tips and stories about what people can do that can make a big impact for myself and so many other people.
1: Excellent. So what are some of the most obvious things that people are missing in the main when it comes to accessibility in marketing?
0: So many. I I can create a dissertation about this. One of the big things I would say is that people assume that if you have content, website, whatever it is, if you make it accessible, it's not necessarily for a specific type of person or a specific dis- disability. It could actually have a knock on effect to so many different areas. And in a lot of situations, those accessibility needs that you have met will also benefit people who are not necessarily disabled at all. And a simple example would be how many times has yourself or a listener they watch a video in silence, but they have the caption switch on. I'm sure we've all done that at least once. I depend on that. So I do all the time. So you could be in a noisy environment. You could be on a bus. You could be anywhere, but you wanted to watch your video quickly, just have captions on. You don't have to turn on the sounds. That happens a lot more than people can even realize. And that's going to benefit you. And you might not even be deaf. You might not be hard of hearing, whatever it is but you will benefit from something that is going to be for only for deaf people. Actually, it will benefit hearing people as well. So that's one of the myths I want to kind of dispel is that if you add accessibility features, requests or whatever it is, you will benefit a lot more people than you think. Hence, that means you've got a bigger market to reach as well.
1: Exactly, because if you don't have those captions there, and we all know we've been there, we've tried to watch a video, in uh, noisy surroundings or somewhere where it's not appropriate for us to have the sound on. And we're not going to watch very much of that video, are we?
0: Yep, exactly. I mean, you can think about situations where a library, you know, you can't use videos in a live volume or a waiting room somewhere if you're at the doctor's office, and it's just not appropriate. But you can still enjoy the content, like everyone else provided that the captions obviously are there in good quality, it's not auto caption. We'll come to that, I'm sure, as well. You will really benefit from it. So that's just one small example that I want people to realize. It will benefit so many people, even yourself.
1: So what are some of the accessibility issues that you've personally had to deal with during your career?
0: Oh, yeah, here's another story. So if I talk about career, I tend to struggle in very noisy environments. So if we talk about going to conferences and the hallway chats or the social settings and the after party and whatever, I really struggle with communication because I just struggle to hear people. If it was a quieter environment, then that's totally fine in most situations. Again, there's still tweaks to be made. And that means I miss out. I miss out in social environments or social scenarios or... It's connecting with people, and we all want that, and that's quite tough. It can be in an office, you know, if it's very noisy, or if people demand that I use the phone, which I could use it, but it's a very, very hard thing for me to do, and I just try to avoid it. That is also challenging. But even if it's something like if I want to watch training videos, I want to upskill myself and watch videos or courses that are video based, they're generally captioned. I could. Try to strain and get yes, really, really focus hard and try to pick up the sound. But why should I do that? If it's not captioned, then I'm going to miss out on that. So there are problems if you cannot access this content and you're denied this content and another person has access to it, then you have to question, is that really fair? For me and people like myself, where you're facing these barriers and these challenges and you want the best content and videos and courses, whatever, but you've been denied. So that is something that is quite a frequent thing that happens all my life and still to this day, hence why I'm just trying to educate people and make them realize that, hey, we exist as well. And we would love to watch your content and read it and listen to it. And whatever it is, we want to be engaging with your content as well. 100%
1: and actually straight away, just from you saying those few short sentences, two things have occurred to me. One is that today I've been doing research on behalf of a client, one of our marketing agency clients who are about to launch a crowdfunding campaign. So I've been on the crowdfunding platform looking at example videos of other campaigns that are raising money right now. And of all of the videos that I was watching during an hour's worth of research, One had captions, and I actually wrote down captions. We need to make sure we have captions because I was so surprised that only one had them. And that's a well known crowdfunding platform advising people on what they should be submitting for their crowdfunding pitch videos. And the other thing that occurred to me is what can we do? Because obviously, you're coming to speak at the event Adventures in Marketing in February. And we are having a pre party. We will no doubt have an after party. It will no doubt be one of those noisy environments, or maybe it doesn't have to be. So, what can we do to make that more accessible for you?
0: I think this is something that almost everyone will want. Quiet environments are a good thing. If you want to have a conversation and there's like a quieter room connected to that big room, I know it's not always possible, logistically speaking, but that makes a big difference. I've been to a few events where the main big hall, lots of hubbubs and commotion and it's just impossible to keep up with it. Add that to the echo and then maybe music in the background. So then you really are struggling a bit. But just next door, there's like a quieter room and it just happens to be connected to that. And that makes a big difference. And unfortunately, when it's cold outside, people don't want to stay outside. But sometimes I'll just have a show outside the venue as well, because that's also a bit quieter. Weather permitting, of course, we just have to play it by ear. But those small things could also make a difference. I'm not going to demand people to know sign language. I mean, I can communicate in British sign language. So I'm not saying I demand all of you to be fluent so we can communicate in there. That's not realistic. But for me, having a quiet environment where it's not like something with music like a nightclub or anything like that if you want to have a conversation with me i will struggle i think it's just best if we go somewhere else that's a bit quieter and the usual thing like if it's well lit i can lip read if it's going to be somewhere where it doesn't have as much echo or music that's great and you know you face me you use your body language to talk as well all these cliche about your body language speaks more than what you're saying everything combined together then i can pick up sound and cues and i tend to then put together the jigsaw every little sound that you have are like pieces and it gives me a better picture it won't be 100 but i could work out what's going on eventually though i will get tired i will get what is called concentration fatigue because you use up a lot of cognitive energy to keep up. I might not be able to keep up with you anymore to the point where I just want to go sleep and have a nap or whatever. And that is just the way it is. Just listening is quite strenuous for me. I don't tend to do that for hours and hours on end. But if we can make it as easy as possible, then at least it won't be as strenuous, but it just won't be gone completely. Those are a few things that could be done.
1: Yeah some really helpful tips there and because the event is in February we definitely cannot rely on being able to be outside in Edinburgh (laughs) so I happen to know that there is a side room off one of the main rooms so we'll make sure that that does not have music playing and is accessible so that's really helpful thank you. I'd also love to hear more about your own marketing activities so can we talk about where and how you first began building
0: up your audience? I'm lucky that my background is in SEO. I've been doing that for over a decade. And when you break down SEO, it covers a lot of things in terms of content and analytics and using data to help you and doing some conversion reoptimization. optimization It covers so many different things. So that has been a big help. I'm quite techie as well, so I can know my way around putting together a website and getting detail with the code. So that helped a lot. Having said that, in terms of actual marketing activity and building up an audience, I mainly relied on content and building up content using organic search and just making content that is as evergreen as possible If it's not evergreen, it is search friendly in terms of people are looking for these things. A lot of the time, there tend to be questions that people want answering, or people want to know, does this product work in this scenario? Or what is the difference between this and that? You have a comparison thing. And I try to cover as much as I can. And part of it is, I know the answer to it. Part of it requires a little bit more research. But in the mix of all of that, I tend to add my own story around it as well. Whether it is in those evergreen content or completely separate. I share a personal story. They don't tend to be search friendly, but it's nice to have a mix. So a lot of the time, I just focus on working out what are people looking for, and I do you know keyword research or search on Google. Use the uh, auto suggestion, auto complete on Google to give you ideas as well. Then I get to try to create it in different format. I use a combination of video, audio, and text. So when I do my YouTube video, I record that. And I record it in a way that it will be transferable in audio as well. So then that can be used as a podcast. So I have to make sure that I remember when I do a video, I don't say things that does not make sense to a podcast. So for example, if I say in a video, if you look at this, I can't say if you look at this in podcast, because then that doesn't make any sense. So I make sure that I adapt to the video format and audio format. And then on top of that, I make sure I have a text version of that as well. that tend to be transcripts, but when I say transcript, I don't just copy and paste and dump it and that's it. Formatting that transcript is so important. Have the titles, have the headlines and the headings, break up the paragraph, add links, whether it's internal links or external links, add different media and images and making sure that they have alt text and all these things. Make it like a proper blog post when you have transcript. Sometimes I have blog posts that are not transcript, I just completely written it from scratch and I have videos that will then complement that. Other times, I have a video, but then I convert that video into a blog post with the help of a transcript. And of course, I make sure that the video has captions as well, and that can be converted into transcript. So I try to repurpose one piece of content into many, many formats. And then when I do that, then I try to segment it even further by sharing snippets on social media and an extracts from this video, and extract from this blog post or whatever. Then I try to kind of disperse it around and not just rely on organic search, even though that's my main forte, but I try to make sure that I tap into various channels, which then means I also look into using my newsletter and I share it in there as well. So as much as I say my background in SEO and I can just focus on that, I like the idea of just diversifying the channels that you have. It makes a big difference to capture your reach. and. It just works really well for me. And that helped to then naturally and organically grow. I haven't used or barely used paid advertising, whether it's Facebook or Google. I just relied on organic growth. And that has allowed me to be where I am right now. And I haven't been updating for a while, taking a break, because I've literally got a content burnout. I've been creating so much content, I just got exhausted. But that worked really, really well for me in the short and long term to the extent where I've got content that are so evergreen, it's still attracting a lot of traffic today because people want answers to it. It could be as simple as for me, for example, people want to know what does it feel like wearing hearing is. Okay, well, I've talked about that from my experience rather than saying this is what everyone feels. And that works really well. And then another content that works very well is what are the benefits of captions? And that is so evergreen that it's getting traffic all the time. So these are just a few snippets of what I'm doing. And I don't see why you can't apply that in your own business as well. Content is so, so important for building up your reputation, building growth, getting traffic and building up your credibility. And it works for me. So there's no reason why it wouldn't work for yourself as well.
1: Absolutely. And I know that you were previously very active on YouTube, but it looks like recently you've made a bit of a switch over to LinkedIn. Is that correct?
0: I'm trying to experiment. So I am using LinkedIn a bit more. YouTube, I stopped and podcasting, I stopped last year because as I said, I've just gotten so exhausted. It's a lot of work to do multiple content and yeah, it just really get tiring. So I'm taking a break from that. I do want to get back into it in creating video and audio podcast. LinkedIn, I'm just trying to experiment, see what works because I like the nature of it even though it got a bit of a bad about at times, which I understand because it could be a bit cringy when people say I wake up at 4.30 in the morning for a cold bath. I mean, <laughs> it's not my style of content, if I write it like that, and I can see why people get a bit annoyed by it, but not my style. But I'm trying to experiment with having not necessarily long-form content in LinkedIn to such like a thousand-word blog post, but just something a little bit more than a tweet, and something that will create a conversation in that environment that I don't think will work as well in Instagram, for example. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to capture that audience. And I'm also trying to learn to experiment with the accessibility community on LinkedIn. There are people there that are quite active on LinkedIn, and I like to be involved in that conversation. end of the day, social media, the keyword is social. So you want to be sociable. And that's what I try to do there. It's not just about what I'm saying, it's about joining the conversation. And I find that sometimes there's a certain conversation on LinkedIn, it's easier to join than on Twitter, for example. And it's interesting for me, I am enjoying it. I just need to be more consistent at it, which is the key part of social media for anyone.
1: Absolutely. The key part of any marketing, isn't it? And the biggest thing that people struggle with the most.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's the hardest thing. Even for me, I'm guilty of not being consistent enough on social media. I'm trying to not be on it all the time. And I'm good at that, I think. But there's a balance, is like you can't disappear because you need to kind of engage. But at the same time, it's not like we're forcing you to be on it all day, every day, you know, live a life with my screen. But come up with a plan of some sort, whether you want to schedule or whether you want to allocate certain time in a day to be on social media. That's quite important. I'm still trying to do that across all of them. But nowadays, TikTok, I'm like, I can't do that. And then there's another one called Be Real. It's like, oh, not another one. So it's this constant new one coming out. I'm thinking, nah, let's just focus on the few that you have right now or focus on where your market is. And then that's what you should focus on, not on the next big trend or bandwagon. So. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on these other ones. I just want to focus on there because there's a risk of spreading yourself too thin. It's better to be consistent in one or two platforms than just drip feeding in five.
1: I could not agree with you more there. I read an interesting stat just talking about consistency. There was a LinkedIn algorithm report that came out. I'm sure you saw that a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. And one of the stats was that if you post a minimum of two posts a week on LinkedIn and then stop posting for more than a month, your first few posts when you start up again will get about 30% less reach than before. So what you said about making a plan and trying to schedule some content, I call it baseline content. So that if something happens and I do want to go off social media for a week, or you know I'm ill and I can't do anything, my baseline content is still going out there, and I won't be punished. Although it's often the more spontaneous content that performs better, I find. How about you? It
0: does make sense those spontaneous ones because sometimes they are time sensitive ones, timely ones. Maybe something happened in the news, or something happened from just middle of nowhere, and it will only make sense to talk about it. There and then, but if you talk about it a few weeks later, then oh, the moment has passed. Where were you a few weeks ago? It's so old news. So you're right; you have to allocate time for a combination of something planned and scheduled, but you need to be there when something happens that's just trending in that instant moment, and that's also quite challenging. If you're in the middle of something, then it's like, oh, I want to join in that conversation about X. And I find that quite hard because then you're just so focused on what you're doing and you're like, okay, I'm done for social media for the rest of the day. But then you want to just make sure you just keep an ear out for what's going on, just keep on top of things. And then if you feel like you can contribute in a conversation on that trend, then fine, jump in. But if you're going to talk about that trend way down the line, yeah. It's not cooler that People will be thinking, moment of the path, mate. You need to come back.
1: It's not a good look. No, it's not a good <laughs> look. You need
0: to get on the time machine and get back in there again. But that that's the only option you have, really, which is not going to work.
1: But it's hard work, isn't it? You need to try and keep yourself well informed so that you don't miss out on these moments in time or world events. And like you said, we can spread ourselves too thin as... Content producers on these platforms, but we can also exhaust ourselves just by consuming all of that content all of the time, can't we?
0: No, definitely. I think there have been times where I just wanted to have a complete cut off from social media, even for the whole day, fine. But there were times where, you know, shock, horror, I turned off my phone. (laughs) And, you know, do people do that anymore? I don't know. But I turned off my phone so that I just could not consume any more content or phone calls or whatever. I just couldn't do it. So I just blocked that. At the very least, just cut off the internet from my phone. <laughs> yes. So that okay, you can receive calls, but you know, you're know you not going to be just going in social media platforms or apps or whatever. It can get overwhelming. And the whole point is you're not supposed to be there all the time. You don't have to stay on top of every single trend. That's impossible unless you have a massive team. But even then, I don't think you need to. But there comes a point where you need to step back and think, you know what, I'm better off allocating my time and energy into something else, which will give me a better return on my time and investment. And that does not necessarily mean I'm to have my Twitter feed open on a separate screen all the time. No, that's just crazy. You don't need to do that.
1: Yeah. Neatly segueing into some information about our event, the reason that it's called Adventures in Marketing is because the people who come along Everybody will hear from the keynote speakers, but they are then going to be able to choose their own marketing adventure because marketing is not one size fits all. It's what is going to work for your business and what you said earlier, Ahmed, what is going to work for attracting your individual audience depending on where they're hanging out and what they want to do, how they want to engage with you and your business. So if I can ask you to give our listeners a hint about what is coming up at your session at Adventures in Marketing. What can they expect if they're coming along to hear you speak?
0: It would be interesting, I think, because I feel that it would be very different to what people are used to. When I talk about a topic that is very important to me, captions, I try to angle it in a way that it's a bit of humor, a bit of fun, but a bit of serious conversation as well and realization on what's going on out there. And a lot of the time, the response that I get is, I didn't realize that. And I didn't know that was the case, which is totally fine. I am not criticizing anyone who did not realize about how captions work or the benefit of it or how it should be done. That's not what I'm there for. That's not what I'm telling you to feel. You shouldn't have to feel like that. I want to help guide the way to discuss the captions, discuss why they're important and it's more than you think, not just for people like myself. How to do it, what you should consider. And the key word that I'm talking about is also what we say in the deaf community, corruption. And the reason we say corruption <laughs> because auto-caption is kind of jokingly titled as corruption. And it has their benefit. And I do think it has its place. But they are an absolute pain for me. I really dislike auto-captions when they are used for recorded videos. Now, it's different live and stuff like that. That's a different situation. You can overcome it, but that's separate. I'm talking more along the line of if you have recorded a video and you have uploaded it on whatever, YouTube or Vimeo, whatever platform you're going to use, Dependent auto-caption is not going to work. It requires a lot of things for it to make it work, but even then, it will never ever be 100% accurate. And I want to demonstrate that. and I want to show you examples of what could go wrong and how it could be better. But also I want to show you how they can be very creative if you're doing manual video captioning yourself. You can't be very creative with it without going over the top. And again, I'll explain that in the event. But you can be very creative. That can also add to the enjoyment and engagement of videos. And I'm the kind of person who watch captions all the time. I have seen some horrors. I've seen some clever ones.
1: I'm sure. I've
0: seen some interesting ones and some just just plain stupid. It's just completely pointless. And I want to share a variety of them to share with people that manual captions in almost 100% of the time are better than auto-caption. If you're dependent on auto caption you're missing out. Of course, I'm missing out as well, but you're also missing out from the engagement, from getting people, from attracting people, from SEO, are benefit to that caption can have SEO benefit on top of it. There are so many things I can talk about in a caption, but that is my main topic. I'm really looking forward to sharing what I've seen in the wild. And I'm confident that most people will not be aware of them. And I think it's just going to be quite different to the other talks that people are doing, which are also important, but I'm just trying to have my own angle to it. So I highly recommend that you come to the event and watch it if you want to know more about it.
1: Awesome. I am really looking forward to hearing more from you at the event as well. Final thing, Ahmed, if people are interested, which I'm sure they are, in not only coming to the event, but also hearing more about your story and engaging with you online, can you please share where the best places are to find you?
0: Of course. My social media handles tend to be at I am Ahmed Khalifa and that would be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Most of the time I tend to be on Twitter. If it still exists, I'll be around there. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen, but that tends to be my, my main platform of choice.
1: Who knows?
0: So I'll be there if anybody wants to connect.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me today and see you in February.
0: I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks, Ahmed. Take care. Bye. If making sure your marketing is more accessible, is something that's going to be important to you in 2023, and I'm with you, it's high on my agenda too, then you're going to want to come and hear more from Ahmed at our event, Adventures in Marketing, in Edinburgh on the 9th of February, 2023, just under three weeks from today if you're listening to this episode on release day. In other words, there's no time to waste. Head to adventuresinmarketing.uk to find out who all of our amazing speakers are and grab your ticket today. back next week for a conversation with another of our adventures in marketing speakers voice actor podcast producer and host speaker mentor and presenter and mcginley that episode will be published next week on friday at 7am i'll see you then